Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Second hour of All the Money, you're at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Hume is with you for the week. Here on Visa, uh, we have a lot to get to here, Matt Eubens. So we're going to get to a little bit in terms of football. We'll update the NBA Finals as well, coming up momentarily. But we do have the uh, All Star Game coming up later today. American League, National League. Shohei Otani, Max Scherzer are both getting the start for their respective leagues. As we know, uh, probably going to be an inning, if not uh, an inning, maybe two. But I wouldn't even expect two for either one of these guys, especially after what Otani put up yesterday in the home run derby, looking pretty gassed. And you'd expect with everything that he has to do. Because he's in the lineup as well, that he probably wouldn't yeah. be out there for I think a very it's a long ceremonial time. start more than anything. It's, it's a great matchup mm-hmm. on paper, Shohei against Scherzer in the All Star game, but it's going to be a matchup for one inning most likely, right? And then uh, we'll get to see what Shohei could do at the plate. But uh, more more than anything, I think it's just going to be a, a time to just celebrate what he's done here in the first half. Thirty three home runs at the All Star break. Yep, and. He's been he's been pretty good as a pitcher. You you and I talked about this a lot when we did the Edge show together a couple of years ago. I thought Otani had a ton of ability as a hitter mm-hmm. and a lot of potential. And I thought the Angels were kind of stunning his growth as a hitter by trying to force the pitching experiment. Yes, and obviously the injury set him back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's no more setting Otani back as a hitter because he's matured so much as a hitter in the past, and you've watched it. Uh, you watch Angel, you're an Angels fan. I watch Angels games every night. It's amazing how much better he is at the plate it's ridiculous. than he was two years ago. Yep. Well, we talked to some of the numbers that we talked about yesterday, right? You know, transitioning from more of a line drive hitter to a fly ball hitter. 
right? Lifting the ball and getting it out of the park a little bit more often. Yeah. Like he he has been brilliant with the way that he has switched things up with his bat and still with the pit, you know, as a pitcher, and you'll probably see it later today, right? The command is still a little bit of a problem. You know, you mentioned the start in New York where he got squeezed a little bit, but he still wasn't finding the strike zone mm-hmm. consistently. So you'll probably see maybe a little bit of an elongated outing considering some of the fatigue that might set in, not only from yesterday, uh, but also the fact that he's got a lot of duties here in this game. But regardless, National League opens up uh, minus 106 here at Circa. Essentially pick, minus 106, minus 104 on the other side of American League. Currently, National League minus 108. The total has gone from 10.5, shaded to the over at minus 120, to a flat 11 at this point right now. Again, these numbers courtesy of Circa. You see those right there. Those are courtesy of BetMGM if you're watching the broadcast where yeah, the National League. If you like the over, find the 10.5 and, a half right. and uh, play that now. I do think the 11's probably a better total for this game. Yeah, and you would think, again, you know, as we discussed, right, nothing on the line for these teams whatsoever, right? No home field, nothing like that as you move forward. This, this takes now the shape of an all-star game where guys aren't really going out 100%, having more fun, which will probably lead to some more runs scored. Maybe you get a little serious near the end, but I don't think you're going to see, well, maybe Max Scherzer, you know, grunting and screaming and throwing 98 uh, no, miles an no hour. No pitcher wants to, to get lit out. up. You don't right. want to get embarrassed in an all-star game. You don't want to give up home runs. But you're right. I think I expect more of an offensive-oriented game at Coors Field tonight, and uh, uh, that would be the way I would look to bet it. Yep. And remember, you know, we do have injuries, of course, uh, Throughout these lineups as well, National League missing guys in terms of the big names, Buster Posey, right, Ronald Cooney Jr., who we just saw get hurt a couple of days ago. And on the American League side, all three of the Houston Astros, Brantley Correa, Altuve, uh, deciding to opt out from that side too. So you're going to have a lot of the other guys in terms of some of the reserve players and bench players uh, within the starting lineup. You'll get a lot of minutes and a lot of uh, uh, plate appearances for those guys. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Phoenix Suns up two games to one in a $2.75 series favorite over the Milwaukee Bucks. A four-point dog in game four of the NBA Finals Wednesday. Total 220 and a half of the five-serve forum. Chris Paul, the favorite win Finals MVP, laying $1.65. Giannis Adetokounmpo plus 240. Devin Booker, 6-1. to one. All-star game today, Coors Field in Denver. The next Shittle League, minus 110. American League even money, 11 under the total. Shohei Atani will pitch and lead off for the American League All-Stars. Max Scherzer on the kill for Washington, his fourth All-Star game star. If you're betting on golf this summer, VSIN has everything you need. Each week, the VSIN golf experts review the players, course conditions, matchups, and odds to give you their analysis on the best bets for every tournament on the Long Shots podcast. Go to VSIN.com slash golf to find our golf betting data and analysis today. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest VSIN odds at VSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. That's right. You heard it in the intro. Not our names, Mitch Paul in the intro. We're only here for the week and follow the money. Mitch Moss on vacation. In California. Yeah. He and the wife traveling up the California coast from uh, L.A. to Santa Barbara to the Bay Area back down. I think uh, going to end up in San Diego. It's a good place to end up. Hopefully avoid all the wildfires. There are more going on? Oh, man. Man, this is ridiculous. It's bad on the West Coast right now. Ah. 
Well, safe travels for Mitchell. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, all right, we have a lot to get to. We're going to get to some of these uh, starting quarterback props momentarily, but we should update what is happening in the world of the NBA because, of course, we do have Game 4 of the NBA Finals. To, no, tomorrow. Did not want to go head-to-head with the, the beast that is the All-Star Game in Major League Baseball. Uh, so, as we sit right now, the Milwaukee Bucks humans, a four-point favorite across the board. Total, we'll call consensus, 220-and-a-half. Uh, for this contest between Phoenix and Milwaukee. I would expect to see four and a half starting to pop. There's been a couple out there as well in the market. Uh, I will ask you this. As you have looked through the first three games of this series up to this point, uh, what has been, as you move into game four, your takeaway here? Because I, I think it's pretty fascinating from a power rating perspective, just purely from that perspective, You know, swinging from four and a half for the Phoenix Suns at home to four or four and a half for the Milwaukee Bucks at home. doesn't really make sense in terms of like traditional home court, all of those things. Uh, but the situation in Game 3 called for a little bit of attacks. Milwaukee Bucks cover it. And here again in Game 4, I feel pretty safe in saying they're not stopping Giannis, so it's about whether or not these other pieces from Milwaukee are going to show up for a second consecutive game. Something well, that's they have always a question done. with the Bucks. Yep. You know, the big three and uh, how many of the big three are going to show up? And rarely do you get all three to no, show up on say the one same of them is One of them you know, up. You know the freak is going to show up. The freak comes out every night. And... Um, okay. Giannis has I been unstoppable. I got that reference. Okay. I got that reference. Giannis has been unstoppable, and uh, you got to give oh the guy God. a ton of credit because he came into the series with a hyperextended knee. We weren't sure if he was even going to play in the first two games, and he's been uh, outstanding. I think the Bucs are most effective when they run the break and attack the paint. you got to attack the rim and uh, take advantage of the freak's athletic ability. And, you know, you're going to have to, if the Bucs are going to come back and win this series, Chris Middleton – Drew Holiday are going to have to make threes. And you just can't count on those guys. And that's why I think the Suns are probably in a little bit better position. First of all, they're better coached. Uh, they got a veteran point guard who can control games. And that's one thing the Bucs are kind of missing. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I've taken away from it so far is Chris Paul can orchestrate, uh, I think, this series to a certain extent. And that's a, that's a big edge for the Suns. The Bucs really don't have that four leader who can control things. They do have the freak who can take over a game sometimes. Uh, they've been fortunate to get what they have out of him. I, I, I Don't you have a feeling that at some point he's going to wear down in this series? Uh, I mean, I don't. I just don't think so because there's just who's going to wear him down? DeAndre Ayton has not. I know DeAndre Ayton was in foul mm-hmm. trouble. We have five games now worth of a sample size that DeAndre Ayton, while he's a great player, is not stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. After that, Dario Saric, he's not playing anymore, mm-hmm. right? And then you get... Then you get to the Torrey Craig really small minutes uh, for the Phoenix Suns. We saw in Game 3, right, for example, one of the lineups that Monty Williams rolled out there when DeAndre Ayton came off the floor, throughout Cam Johnson. It's a really small lineup that yeah. he put out there to combat you know, the depth issues that he had now that, of course, a guy like Darius Arch isn't available. So I, I feel really confident in saying that this version of Giannis is not going anywhere barring injury because okay. they, they just don't have an answer for him. Well, I don't think he's going to go out and put up 15 points and shoot 5 for 20. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I'm not sure he's going to get 40 and 15 every night. He's got 183 <laughs> points against him in it's, five games. That's sick what he's done. It's nuts. And here's the thing, too, yeah. by the way. We were talk- We mentioned this the other day uh, as these point total props are now appearing. Uh, Giannis is officially in the territory of like that LeBron James year, James Harden at his peak. Mm-hmm. Point total prop of 34 and a half wow, that's, for Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's pretty crazy. Shaded to the under at a buck 21, but still 34 and a half. Keep in mind, he's averaging 36. So far in this series, so he, that is a point total prop of thirty-four and a half. If you found a hundred dollars laying on the floor here in the studio and uh, you were going to bet that prop, how would you play it? So I found it's not my hundred dollars. Yeah, we'll it's not over. yours. Found money. 
Huh? Go over. Over? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Also, it's just like I said, it seems like a lot to score 40 points, but they're going to, there's no match before. Like we he talked went to the free throw line 17 times in the last game and actually did a pretty good job hitting 13 or 17. He had 28 points in the paint. That's how he got to 41. And, and here's the thing. When you talk about the fouls, right? Because a lot of people were like, well, eight was in foul trouble, right? Let's see what happens when he's not. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why DeAndre eight was in foul trouble. He couldn't handle Giannis onto the coop. Well, who it can? Was, I'm right, a, he was I'm coming at him multiple can. times. And so, like, as you move forward here, and as you look at it, like, I got to say, because you brought up the role players, right, Middleton and Holiday, you don't think the Bucks have to be kicking themselves because you look at that game in game two, how many times is that a four- or five-point game, right? Mm-hmm. That was a two-possession game multiple times in Phoenix game two with those two playing, like, absolute garbage. Sure. With, with Pat Connaughton, the only other Bucks player to hit mul- – the only player to hit multiple three-point attempts – and you're sitting there multiple times in the fourth quarter going, guys, it's a five-point game. It's a four-point game. So, like, this is a series that, as we move forward, look, the Phoenix Suns got to figure out what's going on with Devin Booker. That's a, that's, that's a huge factor for the Suns. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix has got to get Devin Booker on track. And uh, that's that's the thing I'll be looking at from the Suns' perspective. But you wonder if, like, how that's gone on since game two of the Western Conference Finals. You think it has something to do with the broken nose and uh, – it's got to, to Mask. a certain extent. Huh? I mean, like, because it, it might not because we can talk about, hey, these guys are athletes and all of this stuff and they're players and, it, you know, the broken nose might not be bothering him, but it coincides with his last eight games. So, again, the broken nose that he suffered. Since then, 35.9% from the floor, 29% from three for Devin mm-hmm. Booker, yeah. and, yes, 22 points per game, but the efficiency has not been there from a shooting perspective in any area of the floor, right? He had one good game, and that was game two, which he had 7-12. to 12. It was just dagger after dagger. But that's like his only – since game one of the Western Conference Finals when he put up a triple-double against the Clippers, he's been non-existent from an efficiency standpoint. And that has been a – like a, that's a problem for this team, especially when they are a jump-shooting team, right? Like when you look at from the perspective of there's nobody who's going to attack the rim, there's nobody who's going to get Giannis in foul trouble, there's nobody who's going to finish, Devin Booker and Chris Paul have to be able to hit their shots, and that has not been the case. Yeah, the – Saying all that, Devin Booker's point prop is 27 and a half yeah. for the next game. So, uh, how would you play that? I mean, look, so I, in jest, when you tell me find $100, you bet Giannis over, there's always value in betting those numbers under, right? When you're looking at the big stars, they tend to be a little bit higher than they should be. Giannis under, like, mm-hmm. the actual value of play would be to play under Giannis, right? 34 and a half. But in that situation, you gave me $100, it wasn't mine, so why not? <laughs> um, but no, like, it, with. Um, with Booker, yeah, play that under. I mean, like, if you look at what he has done up to this point, yes, the 10 games or the 10 points that he had the other day are an aberration, but uh, he's gotten under that since, again, the game one of the Western Conference Finals. He's gotten um, over that total, I should put it that way, only twice, right? How about if you found 1,000 on the floor? Oh, three and I said you could put it in your pocket or you bet it on the freak over 34 and a half. So you could double your money or you could pocket the 1,000. Oh, I'm pocketing. You still, yeah, oh, you pocket yeah, it? Yeah, pocket it. Really? Yeah. It's found money. Well, yeah, but now we're talking, now you just up the ante. Then now it's a thousand dollars. I got a kid. I mean, now we're talking about situations that you know, moving. We got a lot of things <laughs> that we're not factoring into that equation. Uh, but I, you know, as we kind of look forward, and I'll have a lot more numbers. But the the last one I think uh, in terms of this matchup that I think is really interesting, and it's something that you you mentioned. If you look at this last game, humans, twenty point two percent of Milwaukee's possessions started with a transition play. Mm-hmm. Offensively, in terms of efficiency per play, their offensive rating was 164.7. Both of those marks, highest in the series up to this point, right? They added 10 points per 100 possessions to their offensive rating through transition last game. 
that was kind of missing here in the first two games. Sure. And remember that this Suns team finished 30th in the regular season in transition defense. You know, and that has to do with the way they play. Camp guys in the corners. It's hard to get back when you have two dudes camped all the way out there. Right. Sometimes it's like a three on four or whatever it is. But regardless, that is something that you were kind of surprised that this Bucks team didn't exploit a lot of in the first two games. And you saw that a bunch in game three. And I would expect that to kind of continue as you go forward in the series. Too. Why didn't they do it in the first two games? Right. And you well, know, I, th- I think what it's a lot easier to execute your game plan when you're at home, too. Right. Well, and here's the thing all the role players play, everybody plays a little bit better. You're more comfortable. You can play your game. And that's what we saw the Bucks do. And they blew it open in game two on the break and scoring in the paint. Well, and here's the other thing, too. In the second quarter. Where do you yeah. get your transition? You're, you're a basketball in game three guy. In the second quarter. What's that? Where do you get your transition opportunities? Well, defense creates right. transition. Right. Off of missed shots, right? Yeah. And then you look at some of the numbers off of live rebounds. Sure enough. Highest offensive rating off of live rebounds in transition in this game. And what happened to this game? It was the worst offensive showing for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So, you know, you generate those missed shots, Especially you get live rebounds. Long, long misses off threes. Correct. And the Suns just weren't knocking down the threes. I talked about it yesterday. Jay Crowder hit six or seven threes. That's like found money for the Suns. Yeah, he hit like three right? in the third quarter, right? Like yeah. right when they came out, he was just hanging Jay Crowder's not going to do that too often. Unfortunately, the rest of the, the Suns shot three for 24 from three. Yep. So. That leads to a lot of runouts and fast breaks. Yes, it does. So I'm I'm pretty interested, you know, from a number perspective. You know, I said this uh, going into the last game that I like from the swing from game one and two. Like it seems like there would be value on Phoenix, and ultimately that wasn't the case. But if anything, you know, just going back to betting these games over, I think two of the first three have gone over. Right, we're clank mm-hmm. three away, and a better offensive showing from Phoenix from that game going over last time around. Market opened two nineteen and a half, went up to two twenty and a half. Uh, I want to see if maybe. There'll probably be some under money and see if you can get that under two or get that to two nineteen and a half again and play that over. But I think again, you're talking about a higher scoring game one more time. Right. I like the Suns a little bit in game four, but I'm not yeah. sure I want to even take four and a half. I mean, one of the great things about betting the NBA right now is the live lines and how fast the market can change. I mean, think about that last game. I know. I know. Right. And that's why sometimes you just it, you're taking the worst of it if you bet before a game a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Just bet it live. And you get a better number, doesn't mean you're always going to win, but you feel better about yourself. It's, hey, I could have taken plus four before the game, but now I, you know, I wait midway through the second quarter, and now I got plus eight. I can live with what happens. Think, well, if, you put it this way. I get a better number. To your point, in this series through three games, the team that has won the first quarter has lost the game. Yeah. Right? So that gives you an idea of where you can go mm-hmm. from a perspective of in-game wagering uh, because the underdog – has lost the or has won the first quarter in each of the first three games, right? So then it gives you a cheaper price on the favorite as you move forward into what, the game. What was the number in uh, game two in Phoenix? Uh, Bucks were catching about three and a half. Uh, well, game two, game it got two. it was like four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Okay, so I actually bet the Bucks live when they fell down. I, I think I had the Bucks plus eight mm-hmm. at one point. End up losing the bet was they lose the game like by ten. 10. Yep. Uh, but still plus eight. You got a heck of a lot more value at that number than you had a four and a half mm-hmm. at tip off. So that's a lot of times that's where I'm looking to play some of these NBA games. Let's talk football. Looking forward to the game tonight. Very excited. Which one? Oh, wait, it's not. It's not. That's tomorrow night. That's kind of a bummer. Wednesday I mean, it's night. cool. It's cool that it's getting dragged out into July. You know, we were talking about this. I have no problem with it because yeah. tonight we can watch the All Star game. Tomorrow night we got a NBA Finals game, and you just don't have a whole lot of games to watch at this point in the year. Uh, we're lucky. We were you and I were talking about this before the show. We're lucky we're sitting here in the middle of July and we're talking NBA finals. Yeah, typically the finals are over in the middle of June, and we still got the British o- British Open. That's right, it's called British the Open Championship. 
Uh, all right, yes, you're right. So uh, we're going to get to more uh, football in the next coming days as well. College football, we're working on, uh, I think I can say this, the college football betting guide, which is going to be out yeah. at the end of the month. Right? I actually started working on my stuff last night for the college football guide, and I know uh, you've been working on uh, the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, right? diligently, diligently. I'm working on the Pac-12 right now. Uh, National Football League, of course, around the corner as well. So quarterbacks, always the focus of the NFL. We talked a little bit about one of them yesterday. That would be Aaron Rodgers, uh, who said he's going to figure things out in a couple of weeks, which coincides with the start of training camp. Uh, well, you have jobs for grabs, up for grabs in this mm-hmm. offseason, and a lot of the dynamic is grizzled veteran, Versus a young quarterback, yeah, right? right? But I think the one that is sticking out to most and the one that offers the most intrigue, because we could talk about Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, right? I think you and gonna I both, Dalton. it's going to be Dalton. He's Week a $5 one. favorite. I don't think there's any uh, really quibbling you about know, that. at one point, there was you could have got some value on Dalton. I, th- I thought I saw him price at about minus 180 at, at one mm-hmm. point. Yep. Now it's up $5. $5. Yeah. Um, Dalton... Barring injury is going to be the week one starter for the Bears, and I think it's the right thing to do for the Bears. Well, and look, let's let's be honest about Dalton. He he wasn't terrible last nice. year for for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He was fourteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah. yeah, he is the Red Rifle, one of the better nicknames. Uh, but you know, he is a fine and serviceable quarterback who I think will do a pretty good job. Uh, for the Chicago Bears in the weeks until Fields is ready. Fans uh, always want to rush the rookie quarterback. Let's see right. what Justin Fields could do. All right. the media reports are optimistic. This guy's unbelievable in camp. Hey, man, it's okay to let a guy sit out a year and learn a lot, soak up as much as he can about the NFL game. It's worked okay. What's worked out okay for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So as you move forward, I guess there is a conversation to be had about Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I don't believe there is. I think Cam no, Newton's I think the guy. Cam. Right. You know, all these, first of all, the, a lot of these bets, uh, the only way you're going to lose if you play Dalton, if injury. you play Cam, is going to be injury in the preseason. Correct. So the only that's one. certainly possible. The, the one that is worth discussing is Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen with New Orleans because... Cam, by the way, is minus 305 at right. DraftKings to be the uh, Patriots' week one starting quarterback. And there is the added element of Sean Payton's ego and what that is going to mean uh, for this race in terms of the quarterback race between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both agree that Jameis Winston would probably be the better option for them at this point right now. But Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. He does. He's like a mad scientist. He believes that if he, he can he created transform this monster. Taysom Hill into a, a, a quality NFL starting quarterback, that uh, that's a big challenge for a guy like Sean Payton, right? Mm-hmm. He can take a lot of pride in something like that. Taysom Hill started four games when Drew Brees went down last year. I think Jameis Winston is priced right here as minus 250 to be the Saints starter in week one. I do, I do believe Winston's going to get the first month or so, if he starts to throw picks, if he's sloppy with the football like he was in Tampa Bay, watch out for Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. But I believe Jameis is going to be the week one quarterback. How about Ian Book, the Notre Dame rookie at 33-1? to one? I'm no? going to say no. Tim, Mur- Tim Murray might have a, t- a ticket in his pocket. If, if Winston and Hill both go down to injury, Ian Book passes at 33-1. <laughs> it's very true. I, I, that or, <laughs> hey, you never know. They go out and get a veteran, and they're like, we are not going through this at that point. I like Ian Book. Yeah. Well, uh, there's that yeah. situation. Uh, there's actually, I think there, there's one more worth talking about that I think I want to bring over to the other side. Niners? Because, uh, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, it's a pretty fascinating situation where you have Jimmy Garoppolo seems to be on the outs with the coach and staff and uh, a young quarterback that has a high ceiling, uh, but right now might not be anywhere near that. Follow the money here on DC.
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, we have a VSIN subscriber exclusive today. Long Shots host Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds, uh, two of the biggest names in golf betting, will be answering your 
questions live just in time for the British Open. So that's 3.15 p.m. Eastern, 12.15 p.m. Pacific for a subscriber-only Q&A session with two real-life superstars. Subscribers will have access to watch live and ask questions, or you can email your questions ahead of time to questions at vsend.com. Feel free to ask anything you want. Throw personal questions at Wes mm-hmm. or Brady, and especially Wes. Questions about the vsend lineup, certain hosts, yeah, they're on with Roman. What happened to Paul Howard? Yeah. Uh, ask uh, Wes anything about sitcoms, the 1970s, 1980s. Uh, Wes can... Ask him about Cal huh? Quantrill's father. <laughs> Wes is the Cliff Clavin of sports handicapper. He knows everything. <laughs> I swear to God, man. He really does. And he tweets about it all every night. Watch for the link in your subscriber email and join Brady and Wes for all the golf betting insights. And that's today. Again, that's 12, 15 p.m. Pacific. And uh, questions at vsend.com. Fire some good questions at these guys. It's good. Now, wanted to throw something out there really quickly uh, before we move on from these quarterbacks. And, you know, we always have this conversation. It's funny. Like, there's uh, always like, hey, you know, price X, I'm not laying that kind of a number. Right. Right. And it's like, well, there's real conversations to be had. You know, the the greatest and easiest example is Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, right? One of the best bets that we've ever seen in terms sure. of closest to lock it up. That was a gift. Was Floyd Mayweather about minus five dollars mm-hmm. or I think it got under five, didn't it? Like four eighty, <clears> something <throat> like that, some spots, against Conor McGregor in that boxing match. So there's value in laying prices, big prices. I make that case because humans, I do think that there is a case to be made that at minus 286 for Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, that there might be some value in a price like yeah, that. Yeah, I actually think he should be. I think he should be in the least, range of Andy Dalton. At least minus 350, maybe as high as minus 500. Right. Because what is, like, as we have discussed multiple times, right, in the NFL draft leading up to this point right now, which is Trey Lance, right? You don't spend a third pick on a, on a project that's not going to be ready. Trey Lance isn't going to be ready. Again, these are just starting quarterback, week one. Who's just going to take that first snap? You know how many games Trey Lance played last year? Technically one? One game. Yeah, right? So, as you kind of... He is not going to be starting for the Niners in week one. (laughs) Right. So, if you look at this from that perspective... But again, the injury factor is something you always have to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. We see guys go down. It could be a nag. just could be a hamstring. Something as simple as that. That's when you're going to lay these big prices... Well, and that's to me one of the biggest concerns is is the guy going to get hit hurt in the preseason? Is he going to twist his ankle, pull a hamstring? You never know. Well, and here's so here's the thing. So let me ask you this then. So to that point, so because Jimmy Garoppolo does have an injury history, we know about that. Uh, that has been brought up as well as to re- the reason why the San Francisco 49ers might be moving on from him, right? Or they are. They have the young quarterback of the future. Even if Garoppolo gets hurt, is it Trey Lance or is it the Rosen one? Josh Rosen, my guy. That's your guy. I call, him the, I call him the poor man's Jay Cutler before that draft, and you were offended. Uh, the Rosen one, yes. It was, it was one of the biggest controversies <laughs> of the edge back in the day. Loved Josh Rosen. Loved Josh Rosen. I, I didn't uh, love him. Um, hey, man, we all have our swings and misses. Uh, Nate Sudfeld at 41. I just, To me, when you're looking at this, when I, when I see Cam Newton after the year that he had, right, priced at minus $3 over Mac Jones, who by all accounts might be more ready to go here than Trey Lance, right? When you see Jameis Winston minus 250 over Taysom Hill, a guy who, uh, right, as all accounts, Sean Payton loves. Well, hey, Taysom Hill could start this week. Right. And Well, not this week. There's nothing going on this week. Uh, I'm just talking about if they're playing a game this <laughs> <Right>. week. <laughs> but Taysom like, Hill could start this week if they were playing a game. And 
I think I actually believe Matt Jones is close to being ready to step in and start a quarterback too, because mm-hmm. uh, he played at such a high level in so many games in Alabama. Trey Lance is a totally different story. He didn't play at that level of competition. He only had one game last season. The the Niners drafted him based on potential and what he could be two, three, four, you know, five years down the road, not what he's going to be in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So I just think when you look at this from the way this breaks down, and I actually I said two eighty six, it's actually minus two seventy eight. I, I think they're actually it's underneath great. that three dollar price tag. I think there's actually some value there in Jimmy Garoppolo. I would agree with for that. Yeah, I, think the, I think this price should be higher. You're right. And there's an argument to be made. Like the way this is priced, 278, like we're talking about on Garoppolo, plus 220 on Lance. It, Rosen and Sudfeld, if there is an injury, you would think that Shanahan actually might be more comfortable rolling out like a Sudfeld type, right? At least that week one, as opposed to Trey Lance, who you don't think is ready yet. Again, that's just more speculation than anything else. But yeah, That's actually a pretty good debate to have there because would he even make Trey Lance the starter if Jimmy G went down? Or right. could you take a shot at one of these uh, backups, Rosen or uh, Subfellow at long odds? Mm-hmm. All right, well, well, we move on from there. We have a lot left to get to when it comes to the British Open coverage as well. I will say this. There's one guy I just can't quit when it comes to these. If you are a horse racing fan, First Bet is the place for you with wagering on races at over 300 tracks and AI assisted picks is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments, intensive customer service, and a reliable website all brought to you by Express Bet. Sign up using the promo code Vegas100 today. Get up to a hundred buck match bonus on your first deposit. Visit first bet or first.com slash bet slash Vegas100 for details. That is one ST.com slash bet slash Vegas100. Promo code Vegas100. Jonathan Montalvo, Matt Humans with you here on Follow the Money this week. So, Matt Humans, the Open, the British Open, one of your favorite events on the golf calendar. Love it. Maybe the favorite. Well, I love overnight sporting events. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to be in here in two nights, and this thing, these guys start to tee off at about midnight, our time here on the yep. on the West Coast. And uh, I also like the British Open because I think it's the most unpredictable of the four majors. And you've also got... The wind and the rain, the weather is all, always a uh, really equation. Test, huh? test the metal of these golfers, <clears throat> if you will. Sometimes you get some heavy wind to blow in and some rain, and it, it makes conditions tough on the players. Well, like I you. also like Lynx-style golf, too. I agree. Know, believe it or not, I sometimes just change it up a little bit from what we typically see on the American courses. Uh, I think Lynx-style golf challenges these guys in a different way. So there's a lot of things about the British Open I like. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, pot bunker fan. Yeah. Those are very challenging. More, more like, fun to watch yep. than to play. Yep. Uh, it's not fun to hit out of pop bunkers, but it's fun to watch it. Uh, 100% when you're not doing it. Uh, so, Open Championship, uh, for those who uh, do not know, right? John Rahm, the favorite, at least here at Circa, plus 875. Well, he's on a roll. He's playing incredible golf. If you go back to early June when he led the Memorial by six strokes yep. and he got uh, sidelined, had to withdraw because of COVID. And then, and then he comes out of quarantine, and he wins the U.S. Open. And, and the way he did it, by hitting those two long clutch putts yep. at the end, and uh, I was impressed by what he did at the Scottish I was Open say, last week. He finished week. seventh at the Scottish Open, 1,600. He was only two strokes off. Right. You know, there was a three-man playoff, and uh, I had Ian Poulter at 
65 to one, I think, and he finished one stroke back and one stroke ahead of Rom, one stroke off the leaders. Uh, but Rom played exceptionally well, and uh, that's a tune-up event for the British this week. So Rom is on a roll. But at eight to one, nine to one, mm-hmm. I can't make a case. I can't make a case for betting. I mean, you just can't uh, bet favorites in a tournament stacked with the world's elite players. You can't bet a guy at single-digit odds. And I think there's a lot of value in a guy like Brooks Kepka, who's more than double John Rahm's price here. Yeah. Kepka's at eighteen to one. He was in the hunt on uh, Sunday at the U.S. Open. Kepka, I think, of all the guys priced in the in the range of uh, the favorites, let's say the top six, seven guys. Mm-hmm. I think Kepka is the one you can really count on uh, to be there over the weekend. So I like Brooks at eighteen to one. Yeah, and when you look at so across the board, when you're looking at this, right? You mentioned link style golf. Right, strong in terms of your irons and all of that kind of stuff, and being errant some courses. Uh, Evan, you've seen this course a little bit more in terms of the layouts. Pretty wide in terms of the fairways, but being a little errant off the tee is not anything terrible, right? And so it's about the way that you could approach a lot of these greens. And so guys like Brooks Kepko's got a really solid all-around game. He's very accurate, so those type of things. But look, we've seen Jordan Spieth, right? We've seen him win a British Open, and we've seen him thrive on courses like this. He's about twenty-one to one here at. Um, at Circa and his I know game. Wes, Wes Reynolds likes Spieth this week. Right, and he stuck out to me too because, you know, we finally get the run here of Spieth finally breaking out of his shell from his game, right? He has finally kind of found th- some things here. He's a little bit more even keeled off of the tee. I feel very confident yeah. when he's got the iron in his hand from there. You're right. Uh, you know what I mean? And so when you look at Spieth at a 21 to 1, seemed pretty intriguing. Uh, I mentioned the one guy that. I like Spieth is so much better if he could take the driver out of his hand as right. much as possible and put irons in his hands. He's going to be in contention. I, you know, I feel that way about Spieth. And, uh, you know, if if he's not wild with his driver, he's got a chance to win about any tournament. Mm-hmm. So I think you're you're dead on there. You and Wes Reynolds both like him this week, and I think at circuit right now you can get twenty one to one on Spieth, which is a decent. That's a, that's a fair price. Yep, and if so. I mentioned one guy coming in, you know, out of the break, and I think Tommy Fleetwood, and he's fifty to one here, and he's going to be on, you know, my card and, and a couple of the, a couple of the tickets on the ticket that I'm going to have on him, because if you look at it, one, I think he's well suited for a course like this, right? Again, a European golfer used to courses like this. Does well in open settings. We saw him at Shinnecock a few years ago. He was sixty three in that setting. He's got two runner ups in terms of majors as well on his card. And his game has not been as consistent as of late, but I do think Fleetwood is well suited. You know, there's already been, you know, for him at least, the narrative of, you know, the hometown kind of deal in right. terms of just being over in this area. And I feel like this is just something where at fifty to one, the way he has played in open settings like this, I think that is worth including in the few tickets that I'm going to have on the you British know, I, Open. I lean toward the uh, European players a lot in this event too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's no secret. A link style golf; these guys are more conditioned to have success on link style courses. Uh, three of the past ten British Opens have been won by American players. Three of the past ten. Wow. Jordan Spieth in 2017, he was a 14 to one. Zach Johnson in 2015 at 80 to one. I actually bet Zach Johnson in that one at St Andrews, and uh, Phil Mickelson at Muirfield. In 2013, he was a 20 to one, and that's Phil. I think won the Scottish and the British back to back weeks. Pretty much stunned everybody with uh, what he did eight years ago. Obviously, no British British Open last year. Big disappointment, canceled because of COVID. Uh, so the defending champ is actually Shane Lowry from two years ago, mm-hmm. and he was at about 65 yeah. to one. But you've also had foreign players: Francesco Molinari, Henrik Stenson, Rory won in 2014. 
Rory has not won a major since 2014. Mm-hmm. Ernie Els, Darren Clark, and Louis Oosthuizen. Those guys were bombs, by the way. Darren Clark was 200 to one, and Oosthuizen was 250 to one yeah. when he won in 2010. Yep. And so, as I mentioned, you know Fleetwood, you need a little bit better. He's tied. He tied for 50 at the uh, the U.S. Open. He was, I think, he ended up plus eight, and we've seen some really wild performances from him. Uh, throughout the season, but he's going to be on the card. But I think, right, generally, mm-hmm. strong iron play, right? You, you look at the course map, really wide open in terms of what you're looking at as a golfer, so accuracy, it's important because that rough is going to be pretty bad if you, if you get too far off course. But Yeah, of course, if you get too far mm-hmm. off course. So that's Bryson DeChambeau. I thought it was interesting what Jeff Davis of Circus Sports said when he was on with us in the first hour. No, Nobody's betting Bryson. All right. Uh, he's a 33-1 to at Circus, 35-1 to at DraftKings. You're talking about a guy in some tournaments recently was at about 10 to 1. Well, I'll ask you this. I mean, I didn't think the bomb and gouge stuff was going to work at the U.S. Open. It did for a minute, no, and then I it didn't. completely fell apart, right, on well, Sunday. It fell apart on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, you wonder if that is going to be the case here where if you're going to be able to string it together. Either. Right? I don't think it's going to work here. Uh, you're right. And, you know, maybe this is in the back of a lot of people's minds, too. We just watched Aaron Rodgers outplay Bryson DeChambeau in the match. <laughs> It's because he was wearing shorts. <laughs> he did. Throw, threw off his entire he game. He played better than DeChambeau that day. He did. At one point, the Rodgers-DeChambeau team used Rodgers Drive on the eight out of nine holes, I think. Really? Seven out of eight or eight out of nine, that's yes. That's I mean, that's I don't ridiculous. know if he, he took it entirely seriously, but that is that is somewhat troubling as you look at that. All right. And Rodgers made every putt. Yep. Imagine if Xander Shoffley could putt like Aaron Rodgers. We are creeping closer and closer to college football. Uh, let's start with maybe a little bit of a smaller conference or work our way up. Let's follow the money here on BC. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? My first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. (laughs) Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, man. You looking for a hot tip? Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to Bet Rivers app or BetRivers.com. Find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips. You'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports or golf. And make your experience even more rewarding, I would assume. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only a one time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 1 800 Gambler. Indiana, 1 9 with it. Colorado, 1 800 4700. Michigan, 1 800 270 7117. Virginia, 1 3500. Iowa, 1 800 Bets Off. That's pretty good, man. You could be an auctioneer, I believe. How fast you can talk sometimes. Thanks, man. I guess. So college football is slowly creeping up, Matt Humans. Again, for those who do not know, our college football betting guide will be out the last week of this month. Looking forward to it. Got working on it for the last few days. The Mountain you West gotta, is my assignment. Let me know if uh, you have a hot tip on the Mountain West Conference. Well, we might. Okay. Uh, because the Mountain West, actually, as you read through this, because of everything that happened last year, it is pretty interesting to see the amount of returning starters for so many of these teams. Well, that's true across the country. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like like across the board in college football, you see this. You know, For example, as we look at the Mountain West overall, and as you look at the standings, standings, the odds to win this thing, it's not surprising to see Boise State uh, as the odds-on favorite over at DraftKings to win the Mountain West, minus 110. You got a new coach, by the way. Brian mm-hmm. Harson's gone. He's at Auburn. I thought that was, that was one of the, maybe the most suspicious hiring of the college football offseason. It was definitely surprising. Just, the leap, right? Not really a fit. It just seemed odd. Brian Harson to Auburn. Yeah, considering like recruiting ties, all of that stuff, the area which he usually pulls from, and then to pull him from 
Boise, Idaho, all the way to SEC country. Um, it's pretty fascinating. But I think he's a relatively solid coach, so we'll see. Uh, and Boise State, look, there's an argument made. Boise State, the odds on favor to win the conference are minus 110. And then you get to the rest of the squads, right? Nevada at plus 450. Defending champs, San Jose State at 5-1. to Wyoming at 7-1. to Hawaii 10-1. to And San Diego State at 14-1. to And then I think you can cross off the rest of the six teams that are from there. Fresno State, Air Force, Colorado State, Utah State, who we'll talk about because I think is actually a really intriguing team. New Mexico and UNLV. Um, but I think there is an argument to be made that the value is not looking at Boise State because you have to realize, too, with Boise State, they got a relatively challenging schedule, especially right out of the gate. And sure. while they got 17 guys coming back and two quarterbacks who had experience for them a year ago and Bachmeyer and Sears, you open up the year at UCF on a Thursday night, and look, mm-hmm. the market has moved very much in their direction. South Point games of the year, that opened up 10. Now you're sitting at about four, right, in that week one matchup against Central Florida. You have to play host to Oklahoma State as well as part of your non-conference schedule. And then your last non-con game actually comes in the middle of the schedule. You go to Provo to take on BYU. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it, first-time coach overall. Yes, he's a former Bronco, last two years offensive coordinator for Oregon. Uh, but Andy Avalos, I don't know what's going to happen as a head coach there. And so from a challenging schedule perspective and just the state of the conference as a whole, humans, I think there are real cases to be made for Nevada to win this at plus 450, oh, yeah. given, the, given the status of that roster, everything they have coming back, a returning quarterback who, by the way, some have graded as maybe the top quarterback coming out of the draft next year. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit too much. It, it I like Carson Strong, but right. I wouldn't go that far. Right, it's, but it, it speaks to the talent that Nevada has for the most part, a plus 450. And I think, look, in this conference, it's not a sexy name, and it might be some of the ugliest uniforms you've ever seen. Wyoming brings back 21 guys. They are one of the more well-coached teams with Craig Bowl at the head. Mm-hmm. They have brought back their the entirety of their offensive line. They have two quarterbacks who have started for them a season ago, right? 11 dudes coming back defensively. Now, their schedule is relatively challenging when you get to the back end because they got a three-week stretch Wyoming where they have to go to San Jose State. They come back home for a sandwich spot against Colorado. Then they go to Boise State on a shortened week. Colorado or Colorado State? Uh, Colorado State, excuse me. Uh, Colorado State. And then they have a shortened week to go take on Boise. But if you navigate through that... This is a well-coached team that I think has a lot going for them when you look at Wyoming no question, in the range of 7-1. If one. you're looking to play a win total, it's awful tough to play over 8 yes. on Wyoming. Uh, it's kind of a situation that we talked about in the Big Ten with Indiana. How do you play Indiana over 8? Because uh, I, I would only bet that under. Mm-hmm. they got to get to 9-3 and three to beat you. Yeah. Now I think Wyoming's going to be pretty good, but that's... That schedule does not scream nine and three. The, the back end I think is the tough. same thing when I look at the Indiana Hoosiers. And like Montana State is one of the, is their opener. Montana State actually the last year that they were in Asheville, they didn't play last year. They won eleven games. Is a relatively quality program. NIU seems to have it seems to be having a down year this year. It seems you know you never know football. Uh, but at NIU, Ball State is going to actually be a really tough game. Ball State's pretty good. They got a lot of guys coming back. They get to play host to them, mm-hmm. and then they go to UConn. Uh, after that, so there is a chance that they enter like Mountain West play with three wins already. Then you got to navigate your way through conference play, and you got to find six wins somewhere else on that schedule if you're Wyoming, right? Looking again to go over that eight. But if we're talking about competing, right, in terms of for a Mountain West title, I think you got to throw Wyoming in there and Nevada if you're taking shots at winning this thing because, like, right. San Jose State, they're they're extremely well coached, and I think San Jose State is going to be very live again as well. But I think I I want to look at like a team like Nevada who. I really like the quarterback situation. I think the coaching staff has done a very good job of turning this program around, and you get a little bit more bang for your buck with Wyoming and the ability to get off to a really solid start with the schedule as you move you know, from the non-conference part. I don't think uh, Wyoming has Boise on the schedule. 
Uh, no, they do. November 12th at Boise State. Must be looking at the wrong schedule. Yeah, it's on a Friday night, unless they uh, had changed that in the last coming in the uh, coming no, days. Uh, you're probably right. Yeah. And that's what well, and that's what makes it tough, right? Because think about that: San Jose State, Colorado State, Boise State, San Jose State, and Boise State yes. on the road, right? Like that's a pretty uh, tough swing through that. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong schedule. I'm actually, looking at the schedule now, I, I, there's no way I could bet Wyoming over eight wins. Mm-hmm. The, the back end is pretty I tough. I think it's a pretty good team. I agree with you, uh, but. Eight is a uh, tough one total to top. Now, I will say, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I think there are two teams from like a betting perspective that I think early in the year, or maybe as the year progresses and the team gets a little bit better, they're going to find themselves in situations in which they're underdogs, and I, I think there might be some pretty good opportunities to bet on them. And one of them I did a couple of times at the beginning of last year. I kind of like what New Mexico's got going on in terms of what they're building up, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think if you look at what they have done up to this point in terms of their staff, in terms of what they have coming back, the entirety of their defensive front seven, it seems, is coming back at this point. They seem very much more well-coached. They had stints last year where they showed up in big spots, catching some pretty big points, and that continues to build up going forward. And Utah State is going to be pretty interesting because Logan Bonner, the transfer quarterback coming in from Arkansas State, right? New coaching staff as well. The program was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. This is another one of these programs that has you know, double-digit guys coming back. Uh, I think it's, what, 19 guys coming back for Utah State, somewhere in that range, and a high-end transfer quarterback. I don't know if that pans out at the beginning of the year, but by the time you get to like the last four weeks or so in conference play, I think Utah State's going to be a pretty well-improved team that's going to be worth looking at in those situations. Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually, and I think – uh, New Mexico is one of the more intriguing teams in the conference because I love the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think the Lobos probably have the most potential to make a big leap and surprise a lot of people. But yeah. this, the Mountain West is a much better conference than uh, maybe the national perception of it. Oh, yeah. This is a really good league. I mean, there's a lot of parity, too, right? I mean, the, the, through the four teams, we'll call it, at the top, Wyoming, San Jose State, Nevada, Boise State, there's not much separating those four. No. Right when they're playing each other, if it's on like on a neutral court or a neutral field, let me put it that way. Hawaii had a really good, off a really good season and a, and a nice bowl win over Houston. Mm-hmm. That, right, and like you said, like every single one of these teams, just like any of them around the country, they're bringing back so many guys from the year prior. And remember too, as you probably already know this, but there's a lot of guys too, like you know, that opted out last year that are now coming back as well. Mm-hmm. So you have so much returning talent for so many of these teams. You know, you could see just some really good football, but yeah, Danny Gonzalez. You know, in terms of what he's doing at New Mexico, bringing back seventeen guys, nine defensively, great defensive coordinator, right? And last year, there you're dealing with JUCOs and transfers for a big part of the season, right? At key positions, I was looking to bet. I was looking to bet on New Mexico in a lot of spots last season. And if you think about that team too, you could not play a home game, right? Right. Basically, Las Vegas was the Lobos' home. Correct. It was such a weird season, and they still played pretty well at times in the second half of the season. Uh, so my big questions with the Mountain West are Boise State with the coaching change, mm-hmm. Andy Avalos, what's what's that situation going to be like for the Broncos? Because I'm always looking for a fragile favorite in a conference. You know, where can we find a team that we can make, maybe knock off a favorite? Is the Boise State program going to take a step back? Is Nevada that team with a – with strong Carson Stronger quarterback that mm-hmm. could uh, knock off Boise. I think Nevada has got a lot of potential. Paul Stone was on this show with us, now I recall, a week or a week and a half ago, and Paul likes Nevada's win total over, and he, he likes Wolfpack quite a bit. Yep. Um, Wyoming, like you said, a team with a ton back, well-coached. I look at coaching a lot, too, when you're, you're forecasting college football teams at this point in the season. 
I have to like the coaching staff if I'm going to play Doug. on that team. Jay Norvell's done a really good job. And to, to Paul's point about the win total, so Nevada opens their conference slate with Boise State. Then after that, you get New Mexico State, Hawaii, at Fresno State, UNLV. You do get the Spartans, San Jose State at home, at San Diego State Air Force, and at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. They're drawing, like, you know what, yes, you have to take on Boise State on the road, but the rest of their conference schedule is extremely favorable if you're Nevada. And their win total is set at 7.5. Hawaii's got an interesting situation. It's not going to play at Aloha Stadium. They're going to play at a um, stadium on campus. It's Mm going to seat about 10,000. Could be interesting. Could be super intimate or super dead, right? No, I think it's going to be good. I actually think the atmosphere is going to be really because it's on campus. You're going to have more students, and it's going to be like almost like a full house, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be... I think it could work to Hawaii's advantage, actually, to play in that smaller stadium that's going to be packed. And at the bottom of the league is UNLV with a win total of one and a half, and the Rebels are going to play their home games at Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Rebels. The home of the Raiders. They have the nicest stadium in the league, and they got the worst team. And I thought was interesting, too, was last year, UNLV got worse. They had a first-year coach, and they got worse in the second half of the season. And uh, the win total for UNLV, one and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't really be looking to bet that thing over. Roster standpoint, everything is not going well uh, for the Rebels. But at least, hey, I got to watch a game against Fresno State last year in a very empty and uh, lonely Allegiant, yes, um, a season ago. So you got the Mountain West. I got the Pac-12. Wes Reynolds and I are working on the Big Ten. Uh, we're going to have the college football betting guide out. And uh, what would you say about End two of weeks? the month, yeah. Two weeks. It's coming up, man. Coming up. All right, second hour, final hour, actually, second hour. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Johnny Velva joins us next to get the bookmaker's perspective on everything happening at the U.S. Open, what he's seen in the finals. The British Open. Wow, Freudian slip there, huh? spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 